Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, the feds now have some questions for Elon Musk and why losing your phone could be even worse than losing your wallet. But first, betting on sports, legally. Three months ago, the Supreme Court struck down a national ban on sports betting, which had applied everywhere outside of Nevada. Now, it didn't mean we could all immediately start betting on our latest pro or college game, but it did mean individual states could choose to allow wagering. And that's what we saw in New Jersey and Delaware and Mississippi, with many other states working on their own rules. So obviously, this is bad for bookies who used to have a stranglehold on this sort of thing. But from a business sense, good news from everyone from traditional gaming companies like casinos to all those online daily fantasy companies that used to pretend they weren't about gambling. Plus, lots of new tax dollars and maybe even a cut for the leagues themselves. Like anything new, though, there are still lots of big questions. One is obviously the societal costs, since those who gamble are often those who can least afford to gamble. And from a more nuts and bolts perspective, we don't really know how this is going to work within a professional sports context. So, for example, will we be able to bet from our seats at the stadium? So to help us sort it all out, we're going to talk to monumental sports CEO Ted Leonsis, who owns both the Washington Wizards NBA franchise and the NHL Stanley Cup winning Washington Capitals. But first, this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C., Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Ted Leonsis, CEO of Monumental Sports, who also owns the Washington Wizards of the NBA and the Washington Capitals, who are the Stanley Cup winning team in the NHL. So, Ted, it's been three months since the Supreme Court ruled, but we still only have a handful of states that have actually legalized sports betting. Do you expect that to change? And if so, how soon? Yes, I think the states that are active right now and already starting to even take mobile bets like New Jersey via DraftKings, you're going to see a very, very fast rollout even here in Washington, D.C. Our district is looking to be very, very aggressive and I think states will fall very, very quickly simply because the sports betting business, all of the money that's been in the shadows, will move into the light and will be regulated and taxed. It'll create jobs. It'll generate revenues. And it's really what states and municipalities are most focused on. You said right after the Supreme Court ruling that you expected it to, and this was your quote, change the face of sports fandom for the better. What's the basic explanation? Why, as a sports fan, is this going to make my experience better? Well, there's no secret that sports is the most important piece of content, the great convener for media companies, and that cable has been the big driver and the cable plant has been shrinking. And young people don't sign up for cable. And Young people are on wireless and they're tweeting and the like, and they really haven't had an opportunity until now where we will see streaming and high-speed data and e-wallets. And so now young people will come to sports and they'll look at it as a video game. They'll look at it as a um, interactive experience and a social experience. And I would expect that it will open up a gigantic new pool of money for the players, for the fans, for the leagues, for the media companies. And we have a model that we can follow and see, and that's what's happened in Europe. And I've always said, what are we so afraid of 
that if consumers are spending this much money in the shadows with bookmakers and the like or offshore casinos, let's bring that here and create jobs, generate taxes. But for fans, we know that the more they're engaged, the more they have a rooting interest, the more they'll pay attention to the data, to the fans, to the players, and it's only a creative, virtuous cycle for all the leagues. If I go to Capital One Arena to watch the Wizards or the Caps play, from your perspective, am I going to be able to bet in stadium? I think eventually, I mean, that's what happens in Europe, you won't be betting with the uh, Capitals or the Wizards Casino, right? No, I won't be? Why not? No, because I think there you will want to outsource that platform, if you will, to a company that's already regulated. And I could see, if you will, an MGM, a Caesars, a Maryland Live, these big, big companies starting to work with stadiums, starting to work with state in municipalities, and they'll build a sports bar no different than in a casino where you have a sports book, and people can now come into your arena at 5 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock and watch games from all over the world and start to place bets, and then they'll come inside to your arena, and they can make not only here's what's going to happen the first period, the second period, the third period of hockey game, but they can be making prop bets as well. We would be providing the environment, the fidelity of the wireless, but it would be a third-party company that most likely will touch the money, and then the leagues and the teams would get some kind of cut. Can I ask about the cut? So the the NBA and MGM just signed a deal, and right now what it basically seems to be is that the league will get a little bit of a cut, the MGM gets to use the logo, but broader than that, the NBA and some other leagues have talked about what they call integrity fees, And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the basic idea is the league feels it would have to spend more money to guarantee the games are on the level, given there'd be increased gambling and they would like a cut for that. Do you expect that we'll actually see integrity fees and kind of as a corollary to that, shouldn't the league already be making sure the games are on the level? Yeah, I think if the league had a second chance, they would have uh, relabeled that. I mean, the levels of integrity in pro sports around gaming and gambling already are incredibly high, not only um, for teams and players and the union in terms of training and the like, but the data that we already license out to companies like Sport Radar, which is one of Revolution Growth's uh, big investments. They have an integrity assurance company. I, I think really the issue there is how can we be providing different levels of data, just like Bloomberg, right, that we have and we spend so much money, high-speed cameras and creating heat maps and going deep into our libraries and being able to pull that data up and provide it to people that I think you'll now start to see the leagues uh, tiering what data is available and at what cost, because if you're going to be making big, big bets, not social bets and wagers, you're going to become a professional gambler, you'll want really, really much deeper data than someone who's casually following or playing in a rotisserie league. And so I think, just like most other companies, we're going to look at how can data become a line of business for us, as well as a better way to inform how we play the game, you know, how we train the players, how we 
do competitive matchups and the like. And so this is really about technology. The terms of integrity, we will always take that deadly seriously. I think it's one of the reasons that we wouldn't be wanting to touch the money as the Washington Wizards or the Washington Capitals or the Mystics. You talked about the benefit for the league, for you guys, for fans. Let me ask about the obvious downside. There's obviously a lot of people who are concerned that even though obviously people have been betting on sports in the U.S. for years, kind of under the table, that by bringing this out into the open, you're going to significantly increase sports betting, which can cost a lot of people a lot of money, particularly perhaps those who can least afford it. From your perspective, how do you balance all the positives you've been talking about with what seem to be some fairly large negatives? Oh, I think it'll be much better than it is today. I don't think that your local bookie has, you know, addiction programs and can work with you if you get into debt. And remember, because this will all be digital, you'll only be able to bet at certain limits based on your capabilities. And most of it will be in a preloading. You have to put the money up front if you're going to be sending it electronically. Would that be seat level based, do you think, inside a stadium? In other words, if you're sitting in the cheap seats, you probably have a lower limit than if you're sitting courtside? No, I think it'll be totally driven by your economic uh, capability, not unlike you're applying for a credit line with banks or on your credit card. And I'm not taking lightly the issues about gambling addiction, just like alcohol, just like cigarettes. And But it's always better to have those in the light of day and to have government regulation as well as, you know, a business that's built around it that becomes very, very concerned with it. And I think it can only have upside for fans because just being able to monitor it and ensure a lot of the integrity and the financing rates and the like, I think that will be a, a good thing for fans. Ted Leonsis, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. My final two coming up right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. And now my final two. First up is the ongoing saga Tesla, which Elon Musk wants to take private. The Securities and Exchange Commission has reportedly issued subpoenas to Tesla, seeking more information about some of Musk's tweets that appear to have been misleading at best, outright false at worst. And we're also hearing that the board of Tesla is beginning to express concern about Musk's lack of Twitter discipline, which, as I wrote in the Pro Rata newsletter, is a bit like wondering where your kids are two days after they told you they were going outside to play. And finally, a U.S. investor yesterday sued AT&T after a hacker stole around $24 million of cryptocurrency from him. The allegation is basically that there was some digital ID theft of the plaintiff's cell phone, perhaps because of poor security practices by an AT&T store employee. Now, per the complaint, quote, what AT&T did was like a hotel giving a thief with a fake ID, a room key and a key to the room safe to steal jewelry in the safe from the rightful owner, end quote. Leaving aside the specific allegations, since I have no idea if AT&T is or isn't at fault, this is a stark reminder. As more and more of our money moves online, either dollars or cryptocurrency, our phones have become just as valuable as our wallets. And we're done. Big thanks for listening, whether on Apple, Spotify, or other platforms. And to producers Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers, be sure to follow us all day at Axios.com and sign up for my pro rata newsletter at signup.axios.com. Have a great national roller coaster day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Pro Rata podcast.